we're so thankful that uh, you are here tonight. I know the weather's gotten colder and there's some slick spots here and there, but, but Jesus is in this place. And we're very thankful for, for that. Amen. I, I, it's so good to see Sister Metters here tonight. God bless her and, and uh, Parker and Nixon. We're so thankful for this wonderful family. Let's give the Metters a great big hand. We're very grateful for the work of the Lord that they're doing. They have been traveling uh, the nation, uh, preparing for the great work that God is going to do in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, we're so excited about all that the Lord is going to do and, and continue to pray for them. Uh, God is opening doors and God is blessing their efforts. And uh, we're just excited to see all that the Lord will do. Amen. Uh, tonight I'm going to be speaking to you about spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. Uh, how many want to be skilled in spiritual warfare. Uh, if you uh, are going through a battle, anybody ever been through a battle? Amen. And, and some some folks said, <laughs> you think? Maybe you're going through a battle right now. Understand that the battles you face are to prepare you for the war in the spirit. And there are spiritual wars that occur. And it is important that we be strong spiritual warriors. Uh, we are not to be weak in the faith. We're to be strong in the faith. Now the Bible describes that there are those that are weak among you or weak among us. And uh, that's, uh, that's not necessarily a place you want to, to remain. You want to grow in grace. You want to increase in faith. And you want to develop greater strength in the Lord. Uh, and those that are strong uh, bear the burdens of the weak. And they, and they bear the infirmities of the weak. And they strengthen those that are weak. Uh, but we, there is a place and there is space for people who are struggling in their faith. But, but it is not to be something where we reside continually. We are to be in a process of developing strength and growth in grace and in faith. And so uh, we want to look to the word of the Lord tonight to understand how to wage an effective spiritual war. It's very important that we understand that our world is engaged in a spiritual war. Our culture is engaged, engaged in a spiritual war. And it, it's not enough to sit around and complain about it. It's not enough to sit around and worry about it. It's not enough to sit around and hope it doesn't get worse. We have to be engaged in the spiritual battle that our world is facing. And uh, I often wonder if the reason it seems to have gotten worse. Anybody think it's gotten a little bit worse? It just seems like there's, there's greater uh, strife greater perversion, uh, uh, greater confusion. It seems like these things are, of course, we know they are signs of the times, but there's also uh, a cause and effect. Uh, it's very important, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that we are engaged in the spiritual battle, that we are praying, that we are fasting, that we are worshiping, that we are witnessing, that we are praising God, that we are in tune with the Spirit of God, that we are spiritually minded. It's very important that we do these things. Uh, in, in years gone by, uh, 
the apostolic church has been filled with powerful prayer warriors, many of whom have gone on to be with the Lord. And it is imperative that people pick up those mantles and continue being a warrior in prayer. Now listen, if, if it, God wants to graduate us from being survivors in prayer to being warriors in prayer. God wants to graduate us from being people who have learned how to make it through a day and to be and cause us to be people who can effectively wage a spiritual war on behalf of the of the glory of God. And uh, so we want to talk about that tonight. I want to talk to you about uh, spiritual warfare, the importance of it. If you're not skilled in it, you need to become skilled in it. If you used to be skilled in it and something has happened that has caused you to dry up, caused you to get cold, caused you to begin to become more carnally minded, I'll tell you that the access that this generation has to all things media, to all things, uh, you, any bit of information that you want or need is at your fingertips. Google uh, has, has become the, the go-to for all people, for all things. Now, some people have replaced Google or replaced God with Google. I've told people, you don't, need a, you don't need Google, you need a concordance. You need to get back to the old concordance and look up what does the Lord say. Because that's where your truth is going to be found. But Google has become the settler of all disputes. If you couldn't remember the name or a particular historical fact, why, you just look it up on Google. We'll settle this right now. We'll find out who's right, who's wrong. But this constant access and this, this never-ending diet of all things media has caused people to become carnally minded. Instead of spiritually minded, you have to be deliberate in shutting down, powering off, tuning out the things that give you access into the world and into the world's way of thinking. It used to be that we would talk about worldliness. You know, people in the world think that the term worldly is a compliment. Is a very worldly person. What they mean is very cultured. Someone who has a well-rounded understanding of the things of the world. Well, in the church, being worldly is not a compliment. Being worldly means carnal, fleshly. We cannot be carnal or fleshly or worldly. We must be spiritual. Now, somebody said, well, I'm worried about being so heavenly minded that I'll be no earthly good. You know, you probably don't have to worry about that, number one. Secondly, I've never met somebody who was so heavenly minded they're no earthly good. I have seen people who, who pretended to be heavenly minded and weren't much earthly good. But I've never met somebody who was genuinely heavenly minded. Because here's the mind of heaven. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. That is heavenly mindedness. And you can't have peace on earth, goodwill toward men, unless you have glory to God in the highest. 
We have a lot of people promoting peace and a lot of people promoting goodwill, but they don't want to start with the foundation of that thing, which is glory to God in the highest. If you'll give glory to God in the highest, the result of that will be peace on earth, and the result of that will be goodwill toward men. So there's no such thing as true heavenly mindedness that, 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 that manifests itself as being of no earthly good. So, but, but we must understand that the devil is waging a spiritual war. We cannot fight the devil's spiritual war with natural weapons. We cannot fight the devil's spiritual war with carnal weapons. We have to be spiritually minded and we must engage in the spiritual warfare. So let's, let's delve into this. I want to begin by, uh, we're going to read from Colossians chapter 2, but I want to begin by establishing this fact. Jesus already fought the battle. Jesus already won the war. By that I mean he has already given you the power, the ability, through his work on earth, through his qualification as the spotless lamb, and has given us the antidote to all things sinful, to all things devilish, to all things hellish, to all things carnal, through the sacrifice of Calvary. And Jesus fought the battle. Now you, going through things, is going to, if you'll allow it, it's going to make you more like Christ. You going through battles, through struggles. Now there's a difference. It's real quick. Let's, let's pause for a moment. There's a difference between going through stuff you caused and going through stuff that the enemy brings against you and sometimes that the Lord allows in order for you to, to be perfected or for you to, to grow in grace. The Lord will allow a thorn to be in Paul's flesh, for instance, so that Paul, through the abundance of revelation, did not become Heady, high-minded, conceited, boastful, proud. Do you realize how much Paul knew? Paul understood so many mysteries. Paul had an awareness of the mysteries of God. He went to the third heaven for crying out loud. And he had an abundance of revelation. And the Bible says the Lord allowed a thorn to be placed in his flesh. And sometimes you go through a trial because the Lord has placed a thorn in your flesh. Other times you go through a trial because you created a set of circumstances that has resulted in a difficult trial. We've all done that. And, and, and it's easy for us to look back on and say, oh, I don't know why I'm going through this. Well, you actually might actually know why you're going through this. You might have actually caused it or, or maybe you stepped, you crossed a threshold that caused God to, to, uh, to have to correct your course. And, and, and in those instances... God will still fight for you, but it involves repentance. It involves turning back to the Lord, turning your face to God and saying, Lord, I repent of my sin. I repent of my error, the error of my way. Forgive me, help me, and then getting back on track with the Lord. And the Lord will fight that battle for you. Other times when the enemy comes in like a flood, listen, the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against the enemy. He'll fight that battle for you. And even when the Lord allows a thorn to be placed in our flesh, we can still humble ourselves 
and say, God, I don't know what you're trying to teach me, but can we speed up the lesson just a little bit? I'm, I'm willing to learn. I want to have a teachable spirit. I don't have to spend the rest of my life trying to learn this lesson. Lord, I, here I am, Lord, speak. Speak for your servant hears. But God is interested in fighting your battles. And the battles that you are facing and that you are struggling in and that you are fighting are preparing you for a warfare. The enemy would like to distract you by your battles so that you will not engage in spiritual warfare. The devil will have you so busy focused on your problems that you don't engage in intercessory prayer. He will have you so busy worrying, fretting, doubting, dreading that you will not concentrate on witnessing to somebody about the goodness of the Lord. You can't. Your mind is consumed with worry, fear, dread, and doubt. And so so the enemy wants to distract you. Don't let the enemy distract you. Don't let your battle define you. Don't let your battle get the best of you. Let the Lord fight your battle. And say, God, I'm going to put this in your hands. Why? Because I know Jesus has already won this battle for me. And you are going to merely go through the motions of this battle so you can learn war in the Spirit. You know how to pray because you had to pray at one time. You know how to trust God because you had to trust God. You learned and you know how you can testify effectively to somebody that God will come through for you because you've been there when you needed the Lord to come through and the Lord came through. You know in the end it's going to work out all right because God is in control because you went through a battle that prepared you for the war you're now engaged in. And so it's important to understand Jesus has already gone before you. He has already fought this battle. He has already won this war. You're going to fight your battle and win your war by being in him. You're not going to do it on your own. Now you might be able through willpower. Everybody say willpower. Willpower is is nothing in comparison To Jesus' power. And you can continue to to operate in the context of willpower. and, And will yourself to certain milestones in life. But you will live a life of great uncertainty and great difficulty. But if you will place your faith in Jesus Christ. And, and let's break it down. If you will submit your will to his will, then your willpower will multiply because of the fact that it is now the power of God at work in you. Oh, glory to God. So, so I don't want, oh, I'm all for willpower, but I want God's willpower. Oh, hallelujah. It, see, God's willpower is is. Greater than my willpower. My willpower says, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. God's willpower says, I've already done it. Relax. I want his willpower. Hallelujah. In my life. You say, but what if that's a situation I caused? Give it to him. 
Repent. Give it to him. And he'll take the most complex, the most difficult, the most chaotic set of circumstances you could describe or imagine. And he'll work it out for the good. I've seen him do it. I've seen him reach into people's past and rearrange pieces and rearrange circumstances and cause everything to work out for the good. Hallelujah. God's willpower. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him. A lot of people have a hard time doing both of those things. Sometimes people receive Christ Jesus the Lord, but they don't walk in him. Receive him, and just as you received him, which was by faith, walk in him by faith. So as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk ye in him. And I love this because, you know, I love all the references in the scriptures to the concept of trees. Now that we're Tree of Life Church, I love it. Rooted, built up in him, established in the faith as you have been taught abounding therein with thanksgiving abound in Christ with thanksgiving that's how you abound in him he's not talking about sweet potato casserole and turkey and dressing he's talking about every single day he's not talking about the fourth Thursday of November he's talking about every single day live a life of thanksgiving Well, how do I show thanks? It starts by speaking it. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah for being good to me. Is there anything good that God has done for you? If you can raise your hand, thank God you can raise your hand. If you can respond with an amen, thank God that you can speak that word out of your mouth. Hallelujah. If you walked yourself into this building and sat down in that seat, thank God that you're able to walk and you're able to be mobile. If you were able to drive yourself here tonight, thank God not only that you have an automobile, but that that you've been able to, to, to somehow afford the automobile. And you've been able to drive the automobile because all of your motor skills, no pun intended, are working and allowing you to get where you need to go. you got a lot to be thankful for. But the devil has concentrated your mind on the one thing or two things that are chaotic in your life. But you're going to abound in Christ with thanksgiving. Beware. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy. See, that's the attempt of the enemy. Through philosophy. He called it philosophy. Philosophy actually means the love of wisdom. But true philosophy is the love of the wisdom of God. The kind of philosophy that spoils people's faith is the love for the wisdom of the world. Philosophy and vain deceit. Vain deceit. Deceived in things that don't matter. The devil spends so much time deceiving people with things that don't even matter. He's got your mind so focused on stuff that doesn't even matter. It's vain. It's vain deceit. It goes on to say, after the tradition of men... After the rudiments of, here it is, the world, and not after Christ. Notice this, for in him, who? Him, who? Jesus. 
in Jesus dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Let me tell you what the Godhead is. The Godhead is everything that God is. Hallelujah. All of his attributes, all of his qualities, all of his traits, everything about God that there is to exist and to understand, it dwells in Jesus, and it dwells in Jesus not metaphorically, not theoretically, but bodily. So God is great, that's in Jesus. God is wonderful, that's in Jesus. God is counselor, that is Jesus. God is everlasting father, that is Jesus. God is prince of peace, that is Jesus. God is the comforter, that is in Jesus. Hallelujah. God is the healer, that's in Jesus. God is the deliverer, that's in Jesus. God, hallelujah, is the first and he is the last, that's in Jesus. He's the lamb, he's the priest, he's the scapegoat, he's the door to the sheepfold, All of that is in Jesus Christ. For in Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you 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 and me are complete in him. Who is the, here it is, which is the head of all principality and power. I'm telling you, God already fought this battle for you. You do not have to be intimidated by fear. You do not have to be intimidated by disease. You do not have to be intimidated by uncertainty. You do not have to be intimidated by the possibility of tragedy. You do not have to be intimidated by depression. You do not have to be intimidated by those who betray you. In Him you are complete. Hallelujah. You don't have to feel like you're second rate. You don't have to feel like you don't belong. You don't have to feel like you don't have worth. You don't have to feel like you lack purpose. In Jesus, hallelujah, you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Hallelujah. In whom also You are circumcised with the circumcision without hands. This is baptism. In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Buried with him in baptism. Wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses. Somebody ought to give God praise for that every single day of your life. God forbid that we get so used to his amazing grace that it ceases to be amazing to us. God forbid that we get so used to being forgiven and set free and redeemed and delivered that it becomes old hat to us. We ought to rejoice in the Lord, hallelujah, every morning. We ought to give God praise every afternoon. We ought to go to bed with a song on our lips. We ought to greet one another with a magnifying of the name of the Lord because he has forgiven our trespasses. 
You used to shout about it. You used to give God glory for it. When he first lifted those burdens off of your shoulder, it used to give you some kind of a feeling. It should never die inside of you. It ought to wake you up in the middle of the night with a joy of the Lord in your soul. Pastor, I'm just not as excited about it as I used to be. I'll tell you exactly what it is. You've got other stuff in front of you. You're looking at other stuff. You're listening to other stuff. You're thinking about other stuff. You need to become consumed with Christ again. Hallelujah. He forgave you. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Notice what it said. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. We just skim right over that. He's talking about eternal records detailing all of your sins and all the reasons you belong in hell and all of the transgressions that verify you should never go to heaven. They're handwritten ordinances. And they've got your name, and they've got your transgression, and they've got the date and the time, and probably the video. But he blotted them out. He expunged them. He he erased them. He washed them away, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Oh, hallelujah. See, see, you say, I thought you were going to talk about spiritual warfare. I am. I'm trying to tell you what spiritual warfare is. Spiritual warfare isn't you marching down into hell and saying, hey, devil, where are you? you understanding what Jesus has done. And now, when the devil comes against you, he's not coming against you. You are in Christ. He's got to come against Christ. See, when the Bible says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. That's that's not saying, when the enemy comes in like a flood, that the Lord's out there watching all the, oh, is that the enemy? Oh, no, he's coming like a flood. Somebody go get the standard. Oh, I don't know where it is. Well, you were supposed to take care of the standard. Go get the standard. Well, it's in the closet. Oh, man, I don't got my key to the closet. Somebody's got to go get the standard and, and raise up the standard so that we can fight. That's not what that means. God doesn't do it when the enemy comes in. It's already lifted. Jesus is the standard. And when he was lifted at Calvary, oh, hallelujah, that's why he said, if I be lifted up, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. He is the standard that was lifted. He is who the enemy has no power over. If you take on the enemy by yourself, you lose every time. But in Jesus, you have power. In Jesus, you have authority. In Jesus, you are complete. Because he is the head of all principality. And he is the head of all power. Notice what it says in verse 15. Having spoiled principalities. 
having spoiled powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Those principalities and powers are things Jesus has already conquered. So when they come against you, you just exalt Jesus. You know, I had, I had somebody one time that was, they were, they were being tormented by the enemy. And they were praying, trying to get victory. And they were screaming, devil, you have no power over me. Satan, I curse you, Satan. And I was watching them pray like this. And finally, I, said, I stopped them. I said, you don't got to talk to him. He's already defeated. Your mind is focused on him. When your mind should be focused on Jesus. You don't have to talk to him. You just talk to Jesus. The devil can come in like a flood all he wants to. But I'm going to lift up the standard. You are great and greatly to be praised. I worship you and I praise your holy name. You are greater than these circumstances that surround me. Hallelujah. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. The war should rise against me. My heart will not fear, though an host encamp against me. In this will I be confident. Hallelujah. You don't got to deal with the devil. Talk to Jesus. Spiritual warfare. Lift him up. Magnify him. Call to remembrance his power over the principalities that have come against your life. So remember, Jesus already did it. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. I want to bring to your attention one of the great passages of scripture concerning spiritual warfare. 2 Corinthians. Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, no argument there, we are definitely in the flesh. We do not war after the flesh. Don't get it mixed up. Just because you walk, walk in the flesh does not mean that you should war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty. And they're not just mighty. See, the weapons of your warfare are not, they're not mighty unless they're through God. They're mighty through God. So you could have the exact same weapons, but not applying them through God, which is through the cross, through the work of Christ, through the blood of Jesus. Through the spirit of the Lord, through the word of the Lord, you can try to employ the same weapons and it not be mighty because it's not through God. But when it is through God, it is mighty. And it is mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Hallelujah. Notice what else. Casting down imaginations. Do you know 80% of your problem is imagination? Imagination, imagining what they think of you. Imagining whether they love you or hate you. Imagining what the devil will do to you 
in the next few weeks. Imagining what kind of problems are going to develop in 2019. Imagining this, imagining that. And the Bible says you are to cast down imaginations. Hallelujah. Some of you are imagining things from your past. Reliving stuff. Imagining it all over again. It doesn't exist anymore. It's not, it doesn't, it's not happening right now. Oh, you don't know what I've been through. Say that again. You don't know what I've been through. One more time. You don't know what I've been through. What you've been through. <laughs> it's through. You're through. You came through. He brought you through. You're reliving it in your mind. You're rehearsing it, but you need to cast down that imagination. Worry is an imagination that you cast down. Doubt is an imagination that you cast down. Fear is an imagination that you cast down. Depression is an imagination that you cast down. Now, I'm not saying, oh, it's just your imagination. I'm telling you that that is a spiritual enemy. Hallelujah. Now, 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 now let's just deal with that word real quick, image. That's a lot of our problem is that. We have an image problem. Do you know the Bible says, and it's a very important commandment, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. You, you need to stop with the imaging of things. See, we would never dream of creating an idol and then bowing down to it, an idol of stone or wood or precious metal. We would never dream of doing that. But we will all day long fashion an image in our mind. And because of our focus, our focus on it is the worship of the idol. Our concentration on it is the adoration of that idol. So we've got to stop with the imaging and with the imagining. Do you know why he didn't want you to grave an image? Because there's only one image. Jesus Christ is the express image of the person of God. Not persons, person. Oh, I wish I could preach it like I Her son of God. He is the express image. One person. He is the express image. When you create imaginations, they are replacing the image of God. God made you in his own image so that you could understand when Jesus arrived, that he could be a high priest that you could touch with the feelings of your infirmities. Oh, hallelujah. And, and so when you create other images or imagery or imaginations, then you are setting those things up as idols in your mind, in your spirit, in your life. And the only thing that can bring them down is the correct image, and that is Jesus Christ. So it goes back to the reality and to the point that I want to make tonight Jesus has already fought this battle for you and you can win the victory through him but only through him I beseech you well pardon me verse 4 verse 5 casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God that's what the high things are doing they're exalting themselves against what you know about God and bringing into every thought into captivity, every thought, to the obedience of Christ. 
that was the war that was fought for us and on our behalf. The obedience of Jesus Christ. His, his sinlessness, his innocence, his blamelessness. It is into that obedience that we bring every thought. So you cover your mind with the obedience of Christ and every thought has to be brought into captivity. And the jail cell for every thought is, but Jesus was obedient. Jesus paid the price. Jesus overcame this on my behalf. So, so, so when you have symptoms in your body and your mind starts running wild with them, you take that thought and you put it into that prison. No, I'm putting you into captivity. Jesus paid it all. When, when trouble starts and, and tragedy looms, you take those thoughts that are running wild and you cast them into the prison of, but Jesus paid it all. That's spiritual warfare. Hallelujah. I want to, I want to uh, deal with the matter of, of the fact that God has you in certain battles. God has allowed certain battles to develop in your life. Those battles are preparing you for the greater war. 1 Samuel chapter 17. And we're going to read. I love this conversation that David has with Saul. Goliath, mind you, is out in the middle of the valley of Elah, stomping, shouting, demanding that they send forth a champion. Notice what he says in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse uh, 32. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him, the uncircumcised Philistine. He never calls him a giant. He won't call him a giant. And, and, and the reason is because he wasn't going to give him credit. He wasn't going to magnify him beyond his state. We do that too much. You're losing spiritual battles because you're magnifying things with your mouth. Beyond what they really are. He saw what he was spiritually. You know what he was spiritually? An uncircumcised Philistine. You know what that meant? An unbeliever. That's what he was. Unbeliever. Are you kidding? He's nine feet, six inches tall. Unbeliever. Are you kidding? He's one of the greatest champions ever to walk out in the valley of Elah. Unbeliever. I will not refer to my difficulty or my trial or the thing that confronts me. I will not identify it the way the world identifies it it is against God and therefore I am not afraid of it you know how big that thing is doesn't matter my confidence is not in the weapons of this world my confidence is in God so he refused to call him a giant he refused to call him what the world called him the world can call it whatever they want to call it and it could have killed however many people it wanted to kill. But it's messing with somebody different now. I believe in the power of God. And I'm submitted to the will of God in the name of Jesus Christ. And Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. This is the highest power in the land telling him this. You are not able. Some of you are still suffering because influential people in your life told you, you are not able. Some of you are still struggling to overcome in your life because people of influence, people of, 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 of 
of rapport in your life said you are not able. Saul was as high as you can get in Israel. And he looked at David and said, you are not able to fight against this Philistine. And he gave him reasons, statistics. He gave him facts. He gave him figures. You are but a youth. He, a man of war, from his youth. David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and I smote him and I delivered it out of his mouth. He's talking about the lion. Now he's talking about the bear. He said, and when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. See, when the lion came in, the lion actually grabbed the lamb, took it out of the flock. And David said, oh, no, he didn't. And he ran out after him. And he delivered the lamb out of his mouth and smote the lion. The bear comes in and rose up against David. And David said, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. This is what I want you to understand. There are private battles going on in your life right now. Fight them. There are lions that are attacking you that nobody else knows about. It's just you and God and the lion. Fight him. But you don't know how mean he is. Fight him. But he grabbed the lamb and ran out of the flock. Fight him. Track him down and fight him. And deliver the lamb out of his mouth. But then a bear might come in. Fight him too. God wants to give you victory in the private battles so you can stand out on a public battlefield and win the war. Oh, hallelujah. You know, you know, let me just, can I just, can I just talk to you for a little bit? Some of you are, are, are not willing to engage in the public battle because you believe what Saul says when he says you're not able. Because you've let the lion roam around the personal flock of your life and he's ripping lambs to shred all over the sheepfold you've been responsible for. And the bear, every time the bear rises up, you cower away. Those days are over in the name of Jesus. You've got to win those private struggles and you're going to win those private Private struggles the way you would win any war through Christ, through Christ, through Christ. Hey, can I remind somebody you can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth you? You have felt like you've not had an answer for the for the devil when the devil says you're not able because this thing is big and you're just you and David David could have ducked his head and said you know what you're right it just confirms what I've always thought about myself it just confirms what everybody else said and 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 the lions right now having a lunch the bears got sitting down a table with a knife and fork eating the sheep out of the flock I was to shepherd but that's not what he said he said oh no you don't I remember a day when the lion came into the sheepfold. And it, you think that was easy? We just, we, don't, we, for, we forget the struggle, see? We forget the struggle. And we don't think we're anything like David. You're a lot like David. 
See, we just skim over that scripture. Lion came in, lion grabs a lamb, goes out of the flock. David goes, grabs the lion, kills it, takes the lamb out and goes back. No, no, no. It was a struggle. And there were sometimes David didn't know who was going to win. But he struggled anyway. And you think you're disqualified because you have a struggle. No, the struggle is going to qualify you if you will persevere. What disqualifies you is when you say the lion has greater power than the Lord of Israel. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surrender and let the lion have it. That's when you become disqualified. You're not disqualified because you're in the middle of this struggle. The struggle does not disqualify you. Go to battle with the enemy. Go to war with that influence that's come in on the sheepfold. And fight till you win. Fight till you win. Fight till you have the victory. And it's going to qualify you for God's ultimate purpose in your life. Anybody got a bear that rose up this week? Lord, you, and you had just killed one the week before that? This is a different one. Anybody got a lion that, 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 that came in last month, last year, ten years ago when you were a kid? And maybe you haven't had the victory yet. It's time to get the victory. Don't tell me you can't do it because I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the God you serve. I'm talking about the Savior whose name you were baptized in. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the strong tower that you run into and are saved. I'm not talking about carnal weapons. I'm not talking about your abilities and your talents and your proclivities and all the things you can or can't do. I'm talking about the blood that has wonder-working power. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the Word that is forever settled in heaven. You've got everything you need. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Now do it. Now do it. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Ah, Lord, have mercy. I wish I could keep on preaching. Because, because really quick, I want to tell you this. Goliath came out, and the, and the man with the shield went before him. Like that was going to do anything. If, you know, the Bible says David slew him without a sword in his hand. He didn't have a sword in his hand. That's what the man with the shield was going to protect Goliath from. Was he was anticipating David coming after him with a sword. With a carnal weapon. David wasn't coming with a carnal weapon. The weapon that David used. Employed a such a sophisticated plan of attack. It was airborne. Hallelujah. It it rode upon the wings of the wind. It was spiritual. You see, see, Jesus, hallelujah, the Bible says the word of God is a sword of the spirit, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And, 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 and so David didn't just come through waving his, his sword or his Bible and, and coming after the, after the man with the shield. See, see God is, is not just operates like a sword, but he operates like a rock. He's the rock of ages. And he's hewn out of the mountain without hands. 
or he can be a smooth little stone. Whatever God needs to be for that moment, that's what God will be in your battle. And David stood off a safe distance from that uncircumcised Philistine, and he took that smooth stone, and he wound that thing up, and he wound that thing up, and he wound that thing up, and wound that thing up. And sometimes you can be in the middle of a spiritual battle, and you think you're just going in circles and circles, and just going in circles, just the wheels just keep on turning, but I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. Stay in it. Stay in it. Stay in it because it's just winding up. And the more that it winds up, there's a greater velocity. There's a greater momentum that's developing. Hear me, somebody. You think you're just going to church and praying and reading your Bible and worshiping and loving your neighbor and witnessing to the lost and praying for your kids. Keep on doing it because when that stone comes out the pouch, my God have mercy, it will have have so much momentum applied to it. It's going to take down every giant that stands in your path. Come on, some of you gave up because you felt like you were just going in circles. God's just winding you up. God's just winding you up. And the, 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 the stone... Oh, I wish I could preach it like I feel it. That the builders rejected. Hallelujah. The stone went above the man with the shield. The shield of the enemy didn't have the ability to prevent the work of the Lord. It was a higher level of warfare than the man with the shield was prepared for. It was spiritual war. He said to, he walks out onto that battlefield with no visible weapon and said, I don't come to you with a sword. I don't come to you with a spear. I don't come to you with the weapons of man. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of the hosts of Israel. And today I'm going to feed your carcass and the host of the Philistines to the fowls of the air. You're losing your spiritual battles. Because you continue to contend with the man with the shield who's in front of Goliath. You refuse to recognize that your battles are not man-based. And they're not flesh-based. But there are spiritual giants, principalities, powers. I'm going to read to you from Ephesians chapter 6 in closing. I've gone too long. Ephesians chapter 6, and I'm having way too much fun. I might just dismiss everybody and keep on preaching. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Finally, my brethren, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Oh, haya you lost your strength, then be strong in the Lord. You don't feel mighty, then rest in the power of His might. How do I do it, Pastor? You put on the whole armor of God. See, some of you have only put on a quarter of the armor of God, or only half of the armor of God. You've got the helmet of salvation, and you've got the sword of the Spirit. You need more than that. Or maybe you got your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. But he said, put all of it on. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God
God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and here's how all of it works praying because you just a knight in shining armor with would stand there with a helmet and a sword and a breastplate and loins girt about with truth and feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and a shield of faith but 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 how do I make how do I make this armor go into motion here's how praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Oh, hallelujah. See, see, before David went out to fight Goliath, Saul, who told him he wasn't able to do it, said, all right, I'll let you do it because I don't want to do it myself, so I'll let you do it. And he said, but you need armor. And he put the world's armor on him. And David said, I don't need this armor. This armor doesn't fit me. When, you're, when, when you are in Christ, the world's armor won't fit you. When you are in Jesus Christ, you're going to feel uncomfortable with the armor of the world. But when you are putting on the whole armor of God, you have nothing to fear and every giant will fall. Somebody lift your hands and give God praise right now. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your praise unto God right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, glory. Come on, I want somebody who's, in, who's locked into a spiritual battle right now to lift up your praise unto God. Hallelujah. And say, Lord God, Lord God, I hear your word and I receive it in my spirit. Lord God, I hear your word and I receive it in my spirit. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. It's not time to be a weak Christian. It's not time to be somebody who's trampled by the enemy, somebody who's run over by the enemy. It's time to stand up, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, I want somebody to lift your hands to God and say, Lord, clothe me with the whole armor of God. Clothe me. Clothe me with the whole armor of God. In the name of Jesus, clothe me with the whole armor of God. Glory to His name. Glory to His name. Glory to His name. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, saint of God. Come on, saint of God. Give Him praise right now. Give Him praise right now. Give Him praise right now. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, there's an anointing of David in this house. There is an anointing of David in this house. God wants to use you. Can I tell you how God wants to use you? God wants to use you to fight Israel's giants. I know you're in a battle right now. You're in a battle fighting personal lions, 
personal tigers and personal bears, oh my. But God's going to give you victory over those things if you let Him. And it will qualify you to step out onto your brother's battlefield. You've got some brothers around you that are scared of their giants. And you're going to walk into their battlefield and say, I know you're scared of what you're going through. But let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. He gave me victory over depression. He gave me victory over fear. He gave me victory over unforgiveness. He gave me victory. Hallelujah. He gave me victory. He gave me victory. He gave me victory. He gave me victory. And I'm going to step out onto this battlefield with you. And I'm going to praise till the giants fall. And I'm going to worship till the giants fall. And I'm going to give God all the glory until the giants fall. I'm going to preach Jesus till the giants fall. I'm going to exalt the Lord Jesus until the giants fall. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Woo! Come on, somebody. God wants you to pray some prayers that will bring down giants in other people's lives. God wants to anoint you. So focused on what you're struggling with, you've, you've forgotten how God wants to use you in a bigger picture. Oh, but He's going to use you. Oh, but He's going to use you. If you believe that God is going to use you, hallelujah, I want you to reach forth your hand to heaven right now and say, Lord God, I receive your word in my life. If you believe God is going to use you for His glory, come on, in the name of Jesus, every lie of the devil be brought down now in the name of Jesus. We cast down every imagination of weakness. We cast down every imagination of insecurity. We cast down every imagination. Hallelujah. Some of you have been told by the devil that you're not able. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ. You are well able. You are well able. You are well able. Come on, somebody. Reach out to him right now. Reach out to him right now. Somebody needs to let a Holy Ghost praise get on them in the name of the Lord. This is how I fight my battle. Hallelujah. This is how I fight my battle. Yes, it is. This is how I fight my But I'm surrounded by you. It look, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Yes, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Cause this is how I fight my this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Yeah, this is how I fight my battles. Yeah, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. 
And this is how 